Before we begin, please note that this podcast is intended for mature audiences. I am not a doctor or a therapist, and nothing I say should take the place of a relationship with a qualified medical or mental health professional. Take care. Hello, and welcome to Resting Scared. This is the podcast where I, Mary, talk about health challenges and health anxiety and mental health in general. So here I am a whole week later as promised and I thought I would give you a little update on the nerve block injection procedure situation. Um, so yeah, it happened. It I think it was good. Um, it was a little bit of a mixed bag in that I just felt like I felt like there was some weirdness beforehand about my doctor trying to get me to take another medication that I really didn't want to take. And it kind of just seemed like she wasn't going to take that for an answer. And there was just a lot of back and forth and there just shouldn't be in my humble opinion, there should not be that much back and forth about taking a medication, particularly like right before a procedure, no matter how small that procedure is. Like, I just don't want to be arguing. (laughs) I mean, not that it wasn't like hostile or anything. It's just like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be doing that right before my, you're going to stick a giant needle in my body you know I'm not I'm not a fan of that um but ultimately she had me you know she had me lay down she got the needle ready I thought they were gonna put a numbing like cream or something on but she said the numbing was actually in the injection itself which I didn't fully understand but so I then I looked it up and I realized that it's two drugs that they give you with this nerve block, a uh, pudendal nerve block. Um, so, yeah, um, it was tough. At one point, I I did realize that I was just like crying, and she ca- and she was like asking me like, "Are you okay? Are you in pain?" And I was like, "No." And she asked me a few times if I was in pain, and if that's why I was crying. And it's like, no, girl, I'm crying because like being literally being in this physical like proximity situation is has been a trauma for me and um apparently my body has has been keeping the score been keeping good track and doesn't love being in that situation um and you know it's a big needle like it's it's not not scary a little bit um but it was fine it was a little bit painful but not horrible. And I feel like it's maybe, it's not too soon to tell if it's working at all. I definitely do think it's working a little bit, which is great. Um, but I think, I think I need like another few days before I'm fully like sold on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far so good for the most part. And my only other update is that I am 
reading Frankenstein since finishing the Angelica Frankenstein book I believe I told you about. Um, I'm reading Frankenstein, like the real deal Mary Shelley book, and I can't stop telling everyone. Um, It's a big brag. I'm in my Frankenstein era, and I think everybody should get into it. Get on board. Um, That's that. Um, I do think I want to give a trigger warning just right here and now and say that I'm going to do the day um, quickly and then today I am going to be talking about body image stuff, um, anti-fat bias stuff, um, like eating disorder stuff and if any of that is a big trigger for you um i would take caution or not listen um either way just take care okay Okay, so the day, as promised. Today is October 10th, and in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire was finally put out. So here is a quick and dirty on the Great Chicago Fire, in case you did not know. I thought that I had listened to a podcast on this, but it was definitely about something else. Um, So then I went looking for a podcast about this and yeah I'm just gonna give you a very quick little um you know what's the word I'm looking for a little a little blurb a quick and dirty whatever you get it um so for two days uh in 1871 a fire tore through Chicago Illinois and about 300 people lost their lives and more than 100,000 other residents were displaced. Um, The fire destroyed over 17,000 buildings, apparently. Um, And it started in or around a small barn belonging to the O'Leary family. Um, A lot of Irish, uh, new Irish immigrants were around there at the time from what I understand and the exact cause of the fire has never been determined although there is a very popular story and one that I heard also um on a podcast um that a cow owned by Catherine O'Leary at the farm knocked over a lantern and began the fire although that is not that's not a confirmed fact I guess Um, And another thing that I learned is that part of the reason why it spread so rapidly and was so difficult to get under control is that most of the structures in Chicago were made of wood, including like where they stored their wood. And because it was in October, people had been um, stockpiling wood for the winter because they were expecting it to get cold soon, but it was unnaturally or un, unusually hot for October and so that if everything just went up in flames and kept going um, and that's how it spread so rapidly 
help came from around the country and also the world a little bit. The United Kingdom made a donation that then led to the establishment of the Chicago Public Library. Um, And when the city was rebuilt, it was rebuilt with, you know, many more, much more strict building codes, fire codes, man. They are important and not to be overlooked. Um, Yeah, so that's the Chicago Fire of 1871. Okay, so (laughs) today I would like to discuss something that is genuinely really hard for me to talk about. So that's new and different. Um, No, but really this is like a particularly, I don't know, it just feels, it feels, it feels harder than some, somehow this almost feels more difficult than talking about like, I don't know, vulva pain. Um. But I haven't wanted to talk about it because it feels really, it feels tricky because it feels like it's maybe hypocritical. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Do I start from when I was a child or do I start from Cosmo magazine or... 1950s fashion or worse early 2000s fashion do I start from the first time I heard a family member talk about needing to lose weight or when my mom told me the story of her mom criticizing her prepubescent body from such an early age I don't know I don't know where to start and I don't know where It all started. But I, like many people, and I'm going to say especially those assigned female at birth, have struggled with my weight and body image issues for as long as I can remember. And before about 2019, I think... I could not remember a time in my life where I wasn't actively trying to lose weight. And it was probably the worst in high school where I was able to get away with never having a lunch period. Um, And I was also vegetarian for the animals, but it was actually totally just an excuse to get out of eating. And it was a need to not only lose weight, but be perceived as trying to lose weight. It was so important to me. People need to see that I'm trying to lose weight because that gets positive attention. People say, good for you. People say they're proud of you. My dad's girlfriend tried to convince me to keep a food diary when I was like 13. And that stuck. That stuck sticks with me it's truly never not been a thing I think I mean I'm sure that that's not true but I just it just feels that way 
And I think that eating and in general, like weight control was probably one of the first things that became a true obsession as I have now come to know them. At some point, right around end of 2018, early 2019, I started to hear about this concept of health at every size. And it made so much sense to me. I knew that having such a fixation on food and weight couldn't be healthy because it didn't feel healthy. I liked having a goal, but it was never it was never something attainable because it was a constantly moving target. So yeah, health at every size, intuitive eating. These are concepts that have now become really important to me. Um, and if you don't know, if you don't know much about them and you're interested in like a different way of looking at food and wellness, I look I recommend looking into it. You know, you can Google health at every size or haze. You can Google intuitive eating. Um, and you can listen to a podcast called Maintenance Phase, which I actually really recommend. Um But this concept of health at every size and this concept of intuitive eating, they don't get, I mean, they're great, but they don't get to the heart of fat phobia and the fact that at the end of the day, the world is so deeply unkind and like literally harmful to fat people. And they don't get to the fact that, you know, how weight stigma leads to worse impacts on someone's health than a little extra weight or a lot of extra weight alone. Like I understand these concepts and I revisit them often and I, I believe in them. Um, but unfortunately I am having a hard time reconciling my own deep seated and continuously reinforced fat phobia, especially when my own disordered eating is triggered. And lately, I'm not sure what has triggered it, but it truly feels like I am right back to 2008 and 2010 and 2017 and 2018 It feels like all the work that I did to get myself past measuring my worth by my size has been for nothing because I'm back to fully just wanting to diet, wanting to weigh myself multiple times a day, obsessing over very small differences on the scale. I've increased my step goal and I've felt the need to trek my food again. And it's just, it's tough because I looked at the Fitbit app and I saw that I literally haven't tracked food on there since 2015. I mean, I'm pretty positive that before my wedding, I was tracking via a different app, but still, you know, it's, it's hard to see that and like know that I had come a long way and I feel like I'm just backtracked so much.
all right um this stuff is hard to talk about and also hard to listen to i think sometimes i mean i don't think that it's more or less hard to listen to me talk about it than someone else but yeah it's tough this stuff is tough um so how are you doing are you checking in are you unclenching your jaw are you taking breaths are you holding your breath don't hold your breath don't worry about it it's fine it's gonna be fine um yeah just check in Yeah, increased my step goal, tracking my food more, feeling not great about that. And I know that I can stop. And I feel like that's probably what you're thinking. It's not like I'm some like hostage victim and someone's making me track my food. Like that's not happening. But here's the deal it literally feels scary to stop, to stop tracking to stop checking my weight all the time it feels scary in a way that it didn't even just a few weeks ago and I don't think it's coming from nowhere because nothing ever does Um, like it doesn't take a psych major to figure out that this is definitely my OCD getting fixated on something because a few other things have seemed to kind of release. It also feels like a way to gain control of things when I feel out of control in many other areas of my body and my health. And if I'm being honest, my outward appearance and the way I look. And with many obsessions with OCD There is a strong incentive to work through the thing for me anyway, because it feels like the uncertainty is going to become too much to bear. So there's really nothing else you can do besides find a way to move through it. Um, But with this, with food, well, you can't just disengage from eating altogether. Um... And then there's also the like quote unquote positive reinforcement with this from the outside world, from family, but also even like the scale, even if that, you know, positive reinforcement doesn't feel as positive depending on what I'm seeing, like, you know, you can still be sure of it. There's a certainty there. Um, Even if it doesn't last, it is a certainty. I feel like I am now fully just trying to justify going into this obsession and not getting out of it, but this is where I'm at right now. Um, Yeah, I feel really elbow deep in it, and I, I don't love it, but I can tell that it's just getting into my head on so many different levels. Um... Like, I used to be absolutely horrified to get my picture taken. Like, it would make me feel sick, and I would hate every picture I was in, no matter what. 
And I remember that being a thing, like as far back as like sixth grade. And then that eventually got better. I mean, it took a lot of work. I really worked at it. Um, I worked on it before my wedding because I knew that it was going to be legit like an emotional challenge for me to get my picture taken all day. And like with practice, it did get better. And I literally learned to be more okay with myself with pictures of myself with how I looked in pictures specifically and now it feels like I'm right back there again getting my picture taken feels so awful it makes my skin crawl and then every single picture is the worst picture ever I am back to avoiding mirrors not wanting to wear certain clothes feeling like I'm going to cry every time I accidentally do catch myself in the mirror. I'm having a hard time believing the scale is accurate. So like I try to find proof and negotiate ways to prove that it is or isn't accurate. I don't know exactly what this is. I mean, I obviously see the obsessive quality that is happening, but what else is going on here? Is this just is this body dysmorphia? I decided to look up what the definition of body dysmorphia was. And of course, what comes up when you Google body dysmorphia is body dysmorphic disorder. Why has it always got to be a goddamn disorder? Ugh, I hate it. I hate that so much. But okay, from Wikipedia, body dysmorphic disorder, occasionally still called dysmorphophobia is a mental disorder characterized by the obsessive idea that some aspect of one's own body or appearance is severely flawed and therefore warrants exceptional measures to hide or fix it um bdd's delusional variant the flaw is imagined uh in BDD's delusional variant, the flaw is imagined. If the flaw is actual, its importance is severely exaggerated. That last part about the importance of the flaw being severely exaggerated feels particularly relevant. I was talking to my therapist about this earlier today. And she said that she wondered how dangerous it would be to kind of just let this be. And of course, like disordered eating is extremely dangerous. It can be deadly. But I kind of got what she was saying and she was really genuinely asking. Um, But she said that maybe if I just told myself that this is how it is right now. For now, this is how it is. And maybe just kind of allowing for that it will help take some of the power out of it and maybe that's true maybe it's worth seeing through for a little bit I know that like at the core of this I do need to work on my anti-fat biases for the sake of just living and contributing to a society that is better Um, and I am also really grappling with body dysmorphia and disordered eating 
And this has been really hard for me to admit, honestly, because I'm embarrassed that this is something that I'm still struggling with. I feel like it's, I don't know. I'm just not proud of it. It feels very hypocritical. It feels like I should be over this by now, but I'm not. And it's just feeling like a big part of my life right now. Well, if you've made it this far into the episode, I thank you so much for hearing me. And if you didn't, I totally understand. No worries at all. This is cringe city content. But that's okay. I'm kind of the mayor of cringe city. I kind of like that. Maybe I should use that. Mayor of cringe city. Is that a title of something? Maybe. If so, you heard it here first. All right. Thank you so much for being here and allowing me to kind of work through some shit. I hope that it's relatable. I mean, I don't hope that it's, you know what I mean. I hope that you get something out of this that's the hope and honestly I hope that by like me talking about it it's gonna help somebody else who's feeling really ashamed or embarrassed about their body issues feel like they can talk about it with someone because you deserve to talk to someone about it you deserve to get help in whatever way that you want it and need it because it's important okay that's all for now happy halloween month um and i'll talk to you soon goodbye